moving into second place. John is barreling along now at 430 miles per hour and flying less than 80 feet above the ground. His lips curl into a little grin. The race has barely started, and he's already neck and neck for first place. Best of all, he knows that Jack and Cole must be down there cheering their little hearts out. He wants to make his boys as proud of him as he is of them. John rides the tail of the first-place jet for a whole lap. He can't quite find a way to pass the guy, so he decides to slingshot around him at the next turn. John rolls horizontal, pulls away, and starts to climb when suddenly, chunk, 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 chunk. Hitting a pocket of choppy air, his plane starts to tremble and sputter. The yoke rattles like a woodpecker as John frantically tries to regain control. He knows he could just decrease his speed, pitch up, and coast out of it, a textbook emergency procedure he could pull off in his sleep. But there's no question it would cost him precious time. And maybe the race. Everything he's been working for. So instead, John takes a major risk. He steadies the trembling control column with all his strength and jams the throttle to the max. The afterburners kick in, and the T2 shudders horribly, then finally starts to straighten out. It worked! With the wobbling subsiding, John refocuses on the race. Then he smells it. A pilot's absolute worst fear. Smoke. And in an instant, he's surrounded on both sides by searing hot flames. John's control panel beeps and blinks like mad, but he can scarcely see a thing inside the cockpit. It's starting to fill rapidly with black exhaust. Coughing and gagging, John fumbles to yank the lever that releases the windshield. The glass hatch goes flying away, and he's blasted in the face with 400-mile-per-hour winds. Smoke still billowing, John looks down at his instrument panel. He's desperate to learn his speed, pitch, and altitude, hoping to regain some semblance of control. Because he knows he's going down. The fire is really spreading now. John feels his flame-retardant flight suit engulfed in white-hot heat. Behind his flight mask, his eyes are stinging. His skin is cooking. He's too low to eject safely, so he jerks the yoke hard to try to level out as best he can. It's a last-ditch attempt to make his crash landing just slightly less horrific, for his sons, not himself. He knows his own life is as good as lost. The only question now is, how awful will it look? How terribly will it scar his precious boys? The ground is coming up faster and faster. John can start to make out rock formations, scraggly desert trees, little shrubs. He shuts his eyes. He says a prayer, asking God to watch over Jack and Cole, begging the Holy Father to be a better one than he was. John braces for impact. And I wake up with a gasp. I open my eyes and look around. I'm in a dark motel room, sitting up in bed, dripping with sweat and panting like a dog. My heart is thudding behind my ribs. It was all just a goddamn nightmare. The same one I've been having for nearly half my life, ever since my little brother and I watched that fiery crash in Reno some fifteen years ago. I was only seventeen at the time. Cole had just turned twelve. The man who lost his life that day, our father, was a legend in the air racing community a successful commercial pilot and decorated naval aviator. Driven, dedicated, determined. A truly brilliant flyer who loved excitement and lived for danger. Just like we do. I guess madness runs in the family. I check the clock on the nightstand, 3.48 a.m. I'm too amped to go back to sleep, so I might as well get up. I have to head to work soon anyway. My name is Jack Flynn. I'm a pilot. What else would I be?
Chapter 3 Brother, I say, you look like deep-fried shit on a stick. I'm standing near the entrance to Easton State Airport, a sleepy single runway tucked away in the lush Cascade Range foothills, 70 miles southeast of Seattle. Cole has just parked his Harley on the shoulder and yanked off his helmet, revealing bloodshot eyes, a greasy nest of brown hair, and a few days' worth of scruff. He looks older than his 28 years, thanks to plenty of hard living. Still, the kid is handsome. He gets his good looks from our old man. We both do. And you, Jackie, Cole says, staggering toward me, look like a goddamn Boy Scout, but what else is new? He means that as an insult, but I take it as a compliment. I'm already wearing my dark blue pilot's uniform, freshly pressed. My shoes are spit-shined. My face is cleanly shaven. My hair meticulously combed. Cole, meanwhile, has on shredded black...